Welcome to the latest Clear River View podcast, the podcast dedicated to river cruise holidays. And after a restart in 2020-2021, there is an awful lot to be optimistic about for river cruising in 2022, not least of which is a number of new ships being launched. And those ships will be launched across Europe taking guests on some of the popular rivers for UK and Irish holidaymakers. In fact, this month we are focused on the Danube, which is one of, if not the most popular rivers for holidaymakers from the UK and is particularly popular from those who are new to taking a river cruise holiday. Now, it's quite a river, so there's lots to talk about, including the main experiences and highlights of the river, when to travel, and some of those pre- and post-cruise stays. But on this podcast, we'll also separate some of what we talk about into those two very distinct areas of the Danube. Uh, And they are the Upper Danube, taking guests from places like Vilshofen or Passau down to Budapest, and the Lower Danube, Uh, which takes guests from Budapest to the Danube Delta. Uh, And in many ways, the Lower Danube is a path less travelled by many holidaymakers. Now, taking us down the Danube is our panel of experts, and we have assembled a great panel of experts this month. They are John Fair from Quasi Europe, Monique Jaspers from Uniworld, and Jamie Loazu from Amma Waterways. Now remember, there are loads of river cruise uh, resources and learning opportunities via the clear website at cruising.org. And do keep an eye on our Facebook page. So simply search for Clear Europe. We hope you enjoy your voyage down the Danube and we'll see you again very soon. Monique, we'll start with you because um, let's kind of set the scene because the Danube is one of the UK's most popular rivers for river cruising. Um, with very good reason, I'm sure, as we'll discover during the course of this morning. But um, a few questions about the river. Firstly, when is the best time to visit the Danube? Uh, Andy, to to be honest, if you look, uh, basically, uh, cruising in uh, all of the month is good, I would say. Uh, It depends also a little bit of what you're looking for. Um, I know out of uh, speaking with our sales teams as well that September is an uh, highest booking month. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it, we have itineraries where we have special teams. So it depends a little bit what what everyone is looking for. But it, also, if you look at weather, for example, uh, you can have beautiful times in in March uh, instead of rain, or you know, July, August is nice. So yeah, I would basically say that the the, the entire season is beautiful on the Danube. And, and in terms of that season, because it's, it is quite a long season, so let's talk right. a normal year, let's ignore 2020-2021. In a normal year, that season starts and finishes when? Uh, the season starts uh, mid-March and ends at the beginning of November. And then we have some uh, uh, holiday market uh, cruises what starts usually in end november until the first week of january perfect okay and presumably during the summer months the weather is hot and sunny and warm to enjoy 
yes, it's it's uh, wonderful, and you see the scenery uh, of the Wachau Valley, uh, also of the Iron Gate, what is a be beautiful scenic uh, sailing part of the Danube. So uh, yeah, from amongst the good. Um, in terms of the length of itineraries, it's a very long river going through some fairly amazing cities and places. But how long is the normal itinerary? Yeah, you could say that the normal itinerary is uh, seven days uh, or seven night cruises. You can combine it with the Rhine as well. You end up with uh, 15 nights and then you can combine different Danube itineraries with each other, what uh, can uh, result in a an, 14 nights cruise or even a 22 nights cruise when you go from uh, the upper to the lower Danube. Okay, and then in terms of getting there and getting back, where do most of those itineraries start and finish? Um, the most start in uh, Passau uh, and the guests fly into Munich, you could say. They end in Budapest. Uh, there are itineraries starting in Nuremberg. Uh, you fly also in there in, in Nuremberg. You can also uh, start in Prague on those itineraries and go to Vienna. And then uh, from these cities, you can also go to the lower Danube. So from, from Nuremberg to Budapest, Budapest to Juju, and then a transfer to Bucharest, where your uh, cruise ends. Okay, and then John and Jamie, um, are you the same sort of entry points and exit points for those itineraries? Are you all pass out to Budapest, for example? So just as, as an example for, for Amma, we, we uh, jump off at Vilshofen, which is uh, the gateway for that is, is Munich. So we start in Vilshofen uh, and go to Budapest and then Budapest down to Jerzu for the for the lower Danube, I mean, we also use, use Nuremberg as well, depending on what the what the itinerary is. And we offer um, five. Actually, we've got some five night itineraries that we're introducing that will be new for 2023 for our majestic um, capitals of the Danube itinerary. But predominantly, it's seven night itineraries, and then pre and post cruise land extensions as well, which can be really popular. So you know, you've got Munich as an example, but you can also combine Budapest with Prague, um, Krakow as well. So there, there's a lot of interest and. And even the lower Danube, that can also be combined with Istanbul, as an example, uh, and Transylvania, which is which is uh, incredibly popular as well. So there's lots of options. It's not just about the seven night cruise. It's a great um, opportunity for, for agents to, to combine and, and give a longer itinerary. And certainly that's a trend that we're seeing for, for 2022 and for 2023, people wanting to, to extend their trip and, and make, make their next cruise count even more by extending it. Sorry, just quickly, Jamie, just in, sorry, in terms of those pre and post days, but also all of those links from the airports and stuff, Anna does all, all of that for the agents, so the agents can just get that as a package. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, transfers can be, can be, can be booked via us. Um, also with the pre and, and post cruise land packages, our cruise manager accompanies the guests all the way through. So you have the same cruise manager meeting you um, in, in Prague, as an example, cruising with you all the way through, um, and then um, doing the, the post-cruise in, in Germany, as an example. So that's something that, that we offer. So it's kind of a, almost an off-the-shelf, um, you know, it's an off-the-shelf um, uh, booking room. Sorry, John, I was cutting you off in your prime. That's all right. Um, um, all I was going to say was, uh, there's not too much more I can add to that, except for we base most of our ships in Vienna and Budapest because of the uh, the flying up is much better. I mean, Passau's good and we do offer Passau, but obviously it's about a two hour transfer from Munich. 
Um, but we offer, also offer cruises from Linz in Vienna, uh, Linz in Austria, sorry, um, which is another good um, port and, and about only about an hour from Vienna. So that's just another extra. And similar to Jamie, we do offer everything from five nights to 12 nights in terms of um, durations. Um, and increasingly, the longer ones on the lower Danube, which we're going to talk about later, uh, are becoming increasingly popular. Good stuff. Thank you. And I see Monique nodding along to that. So presumably yeah. very simple to you. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Monique, while I'm while I'm with you, we, we talk a lot about this, and particularly for the upper Danube, we talk a lot about those capital cities that the Danube goes through and passes through. Is that the main reason people head towards the Danube? <laughs> I think that is uh, one of the reasons, you know, you go to uh, multiple countries, if you compare it to the Rhine, it's quite some countries, you go to uh, the capitals of all these countries, but I think it's uh, also a good balance between going to cosmopolitan capitals like Vienna and Budapest and small towns like uh, Melk, Dernstein, Linz, uh, and then also the scenic part of the Donau is beautiful with what I previously mentioned already with the Wachau Valley, with the Iron Gates, um, uh, you, you, you visit you, uh, UNESCO sites and also the flavors of the region, uh, which are typical, also wine area, uh, Marillen uh, and, and, and the, the culture architecture role, a part of, of it is uh, all highlights, I would say. And you talk about, yeah, and, and you talk about those cities fluently and you know we, we talk about the different places that you can go to but are those city experiences very different are each of those capitals very different they are very different uh, especially what we see in our guest experience is that budapest for example is an uh, is a hidden gem they don't know it that well and uh, the, the the guests uh, come and are already with sailing into this beautiful city even if it's by uh, nighttime a highlight beautiful with the buddha and the pesite and with the immense parliament uh, uh, building uh, yeah we see in our guest experience that that is a wow effect and it's kind of a hidden gem. Vienna is um, more known, um, is an also beautiful city but totally different in, in is more also based on on the the the, the composers and and concerts and um, yeah palaces and yeah that it's a different and then we have of course Bratislava we should not forget that uh, that's also a bit like a hidden gem what is also uh, uh, totally an, an other aspect other folklore and other accents of guides so it makes it all a very nice experience good stuff and I know Jamie you're going through at the moment you can take us through the upper Danube and, and we can explore some of those other places but just Quickly from you, Monique, is there a highlight for you? You mentioned how much you love Budapest. Is that your, your gem? Yeah, it's a highlight. Um, we also offer uh, uh, Make Travel Matters experiences, what are our sustainable uh, uh, point of view of looking at tourism. So, for example, Linz, visiting cider farms uh, at place where this is all made and where people can uh, really uh, get a local experience. Uh, Salzburg is great, we focus on the sound of music, so we go to uh, different points of the sound of music uh, in the city, uh, but especially I would also say Budapest with um, and, and Vienna 
are, are highlights. And if you look at the, the lower Danube, I would say we go to a um, royal palace during the Belgrade city tour where we meet the royal uh, family there, which people, our guests, are experienced as wow. Yeah. So that's a couple of highlights, I would say. That's perfect. Thank you very much indeed, Monique. Um, we have given John and Jamie a very difficult challenge this morning, and that is to condense uh, the upper Danube and then the lower Danube, which we talk a lot about, but um, John is going to take us through the lower Danube later um, in 10 minutes. So, Jamie, you've, you've kind of got the clock against you slightly. <laughs> But um, you're going to take us uh, through the Upper Danube, which is um, from the uh, places we talked about, that Munich to Passau or Wilshofen, for example, so carry on. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Actually, my, my, the last cruise that I was on, which was at the beginning of 2020, was on the, was on the Amma Magna on the, on the Danube. So uh, forgive me if my memory's a little hazy. Um, but uh, as um, Amal Waterways, and, and I know a lot of people jump off at Passau, we, we start in Vilshofen, which is in Bavaria, and the, uh, the gateway for that is, is Munich. Uh, the lovely thing about Vilshofen is it's a good example of a beautiful old town, um, which is in contrast to some of the larger cities that are visited. So um, that, that, it's nice to have that contrast on the Danube, and certainly what we see with the Danube is it's, it's great for first-timers because you've got those contrasts between the hero cities and the beautiful towns as well. Um, one thing that, that um, certainly we do here is we do a kind of a traditional Oktoberfest, no matter what time of the year. So we have a, you know, we have the local beer, we have Bavarian folk music and dancing. And we also introduce uh, the locals into that as well, so they can come down and 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 share a drink and share something to eat with 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 the guests. Um, from Vilshofen, we then um, cruise to to Passau, which is still in Bavaria. Um, it's known as the the city of three rivers. So um, there's obviously the Danube and then the Inn from the south and the Ills from the north. Uh, and one thing that Passau is noted for is, is the Gothic and Baroque architecture. And it has got a really beautiful old town. Um, certainly St. Stephen's Cathedral is an absolute highlight and it, it's got one of the world's largest pipe organs. So that's, uh, that, that's always a, a, popular, uh, a popular excursion, a popular place that we go to. Um, we also offer a hike to Castle Hill, which gives great views over over the city and of course the Danube. I think the other interesting thing about Passau, particularly for guests who want to be a bit more active, is that um, there is a cycle route that starts in Passau and it continues all the way down to Vienna. So for guests who want to be a bit more active, you know, a lot of us have bikes on board and that does give some great opportunities for guests to explore and explore a little bit further and in a slightly different way, you know, by taking the bikes off and and taking off down the towpath and, and just exploring and seeing a little bit more. And, and certainly there are some options to kind of join the ship further down, uh, further down the Danube, which is also quite an exciting way to, to see a little bit more. Um, the, the next place I'd like to talk about is, is Salzburg, um, definitely known uh, for the sound of music, although it's, um, it, it, it's, it's around about um, an hour, hour and a half coach ride. It, it's known for salt extraction and gold mining and it's a very affluent due to this and, and that's actually one where, where the worth his worth his salt comes from so it's a beautiful uh, city the historic center is again one of the best preserved city centers you know um, north of the alps um, it's a unesco world heritage site that's a general theme along this stretch of the river as well um, 
it's the birthplace of Mozart, and that's obviously that sound of music kind of connection, and of course the film. Um, most sightseeing tours will take in the historic centre, which includes the Mirabel Gardens, Residence Square, the Old Market, um, and uh, Monsi Basilica, um, at, at, and St Michael is the site of, of the wedding scene um, from, from The Sound of Music. So for those people that really love that movie, Salzburg is a, is a definite one on the, that they should uh, they should visit. Um, and you access that from Linz. The other option from Linz, certainly for us, is um, to go and see Chesky Krumlov, which is in the Czech Republic. Um, this is another UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, the town still has the street, you can see from the, the picture there, the town still has the street layout from the Middle Ages. The architecture and the old town is stunning. It's Gothic, it's Renaissance, it's Baroque styles. And essentially, well, I was chatting to one of my colleagues the other day, and he said it's kind of like being in Disneyland because it is that kind of Disneyland castle. It's, it, it's just beautiful and certainly well worth the trip. Um, it's, a, um, it's a definite highlight. And it's another country to tick off of your Danube list as you, as you go and, and, and tick through the, the, the Czech Republic. Um, from, from there, um, from Linz, we'll then cruise through into the Wachau Valley. And, and that's really known for its really picturesque landscape. It makes for some beautiful, beautiful scenic cruising and some scenic cycling. Uh, it's around 36 kilometers in, in length. Um, one of the things it's known for is, is its wine production. So Riesling, Gruner, Veltner, um, and, and, and not only the wine production, but the wine tasting is a, is a key part of this. And certainly, you know, we will all offer uh, visits to vineyards, the opportunity to taste, um, you know, food and, and, and wine paired meals. We have wine themed cruises as well. Um, throughout the year, we have over 60 that operate throughout Europe, and, and certainly the Danube is one of those one of those places that, that the wine cruises are incredibly popular. We have a wine host on board, and we do various enhancements, such as onboard lectures and food and wine paired meals. Um, and the other place, really within the Wakau Valley, that's a definite highlight is Dernstein. Um, Richard the Lionheart was held captive there. Um, really elegant architecture, ancient monasteries and castles and ruins. Um, you know, it, it's a real beautiful place. Uh, it's also known for its apricot production as well. And certainly um, in the summertime, you know, that's where you can really enjoy um, that those apricots, the fruits of, of the labor. And I think that the interesting thing about the Danube in general is the seasonality. I know that Monique said about this earlier, but traveling in the spring is a very different experience to traveling in the, in the lovely warm summer months. And then in autumn, you get the fall colors and then obviously um, in the winter time, you get the Christmas market. So although the Danube is great for first timers, it's also a really good thing for repeat guests. So don't dismiss that when you're talking to your guests and they say, well, we've already been to the Danube. Or have you been to the Danube and seen the Christmas markets? Have you been in the autumn when you get the beautiful fall colors? So that's certainly something not to dismiss. Um, we then kind of continue through to Melk. The, 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 the one thing that Melk is absolutely renowned for is the, is the imposing Baroque uh, Benedictine Monastery, Melk Abbey, and you'll see there it, it is just astonishing. It's a real highlight, and certainly, you know, that is the, the one place. If you go to Melk, that's the one place you absolutely have to have to visit. And um, from Melk, we continue cruising through Austria into Vienna, which is obviously the the, the capital city. There, there's a lot of interest in Vienna. Uh, we certainly overnight there. A, a lot of uh, cruise lines will will spend a lot more time in Vienna. It's the kind of the real powerhouse of of, of Austria, so it's the cultural, economic, and political center. It's another UNESCO World Heritage Site, and certainly highlights there would be, you know, the Imperial Palace 
and the musicality of Vienna. So Mozart, Beethoven, Brahms, they've all worked in Vienna and it's home to a number of opera houses. So musical performances is, is, is again, a definite, definite must do when you go. Um, tickets will be you know, organized by your, by your, by your cruise line. And, and, and I would say, go and see a musical performance if you're in Vienna. It's really the home of some, some wonderful composers. From Vienna, um, we then go to another capital city, uh, which is Bratislava. Bratislava is a bit of a hidden gem, I would say, not necessarily something that people know about. There's a real contrast between old and new. You've obviously got Bratislava Castle. Um, we actually do a hike up to Bratislava Castle, but there's also a really interesting food scene there as well. Um, we do a, a, a food tour. Um, it's a little bit trendier than you might think Bratislava. So we always get really great feedback from that and certainly something our guests really, really appreciate. And then from Bratislava, we cruise um, from Slovakia and Bratislava through to Budapest in Hungary. Now, I know that John's also going to talk a little bit about Budapest, so I don't want to steal too much of John's thunder. Um, but Budapest is astonishing. You've got the Buddha, which is the hilly side. You've got Pest, which is the flat side. You know, it's linked by some wonderful bridges, including the, the, the chain bridge, which is which is in, you know, well known. Um, you've got the UNESCO designated castle district, which has got really great medieval monuments and museums. Um, there's some really lovely architecture in, in Budapest. And I think the great thing is it's there's not high rise in Budapest. So it's very flat, which is which is really um, appealing. And it does mean that you get these great views. You can see so much when you're hiking up to these these higher areas. Um, certainly cruising along the Danube, you get amazing views of the, the Parliament, um, of, of Buddha Pass, of Buddha Castle itself, St. Stephen's Basilica. Um, and, the, and the cuisine in, in Hungary is really interesting as well. Great goulashes. And when you're there in the summer, you've got a really great cafe culture as well. So it's, it's a great place to explore. Um, and I would say cruising in and out of, of Budapest is a definite highlight, whether it be during the day it's, it's beautiful, particularly the way that the Parliament building, as an example, is lit up. So I would say that Budapest as a, as a jumping off point is great. I would definitely want to stay in Budapest for longer. If there were a conference there next year, I would definitely want to be going. Um, and um, also there's the opportunity to combine Budapest as an example with Prague, which is another you know, astonishing city uh, to, to tour around and, and to see the sites. So, yeah, the Upper Danube's incredibly popular. It's actually our most popular itinerary, whether it be Budapest to Viltoffen or Viltoffen to Budapest. So it should definitely be um, one of the first itineraries, I would say, for, for our agent partners to recommend. Thank you, Jamie. Well done. Look at that on the dot of 10 minutes as well. And it's funny you should mention an event in Budapest next year. I'm sure we'll chat about that a little bit later as well. Can, you, you obviously, Jamie, took us from Vilshofen down to Budapest. Presumably, you can catch an itinerary that goes from Budapest back up to Vilshofen. So is there a preferred way to do that? Because I noticed some of the capital cities, the big cities, are kind of clustered one end of the itinerary. Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on, on individual preference and departure times, because essentially our itineraries, for instance, will visit all of the same destinations just in a in a different order so there really is no preference I suppose also it depends on whether you want to um, do a pre or post cruise um, stay uh, and, and how you want to to wait that for me personally I always like to to have my my um, my stay before I get on the ship I like to spend a few days in in that destination and I would say if that's your preference then I would personally start in Budapest and then 
go through to build soften, but there really is no there really is no difference. They're but they're equally as good. <laughs> um, and it it struck me as you were talking about some of the places that you visit on the itinerary that there really is quite a diverse choice of destinations here, and therefore presumably lots of different excursions, things to do on land. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think what I would say to people is is you know most cruise lines um, will have a comprehensive uh, choice of, of shore excursions. Certainly we offer um, uh, included uh, up to four shore excursions in each destination that we visit. So you may have a guest that says, well, I've already been to Vienna, so I, I, need, an, I need to go to another river. Well, you know, there will be so many different options to see Vienna in a different way, whether it be on a cycling tour, whether it be on a, a, a foodie tour, whether it be going to the opera. So, um, you know, there's lots of there's lots of different options throughout and you can really see the destination in whichever way you want in, in whatever your, your preference is, whether it be, you know, walking tour, cycling or, or something a little bit more, um, uh, you know, like a coach, like a, a traditional coach tour. Good stuff. Thank you. And Monique, just quickly for, for your guest, um, is the sound of music still as popular a kind of excursion and thought it as it sounds like it does for James? Yeah, it is. It is, uh, you know, it, uh, we we offer it as a choice and uh, the majority of our guests are going to Salzburg with uh, the sound of music. Uh, and I'm also agreeing with uh, with Jamie here in regards of um, going multiple times to the same city, different itineraries on our portfolio are also offering different programs. What Jamie says as well, like uh, active, but uh, focused on music, but also on the art in Vienna and in Budapest is the same. Uh, you, you also there don't offer same programs on same itineraries. It's all different. It's all more multiple choices, Jewish heritage themes uh, in Budapest especially as well. So yeah, there's a lot of variety and uh, a lot to offer. Sounds good. Well, well done, Jamie, on, on showing us the, the upper Danube in 10 minutes. John, there is absolutely no pressure on you at <laughs> all to... Uh, <laughs> um, but actually, I guess, John, and I'm going to throw you off slightly, but I guess the lower Danube is slightly less well known than the upper Danube. Absolutely. I think um, Jamie just described what is simply the most popular uh, cruise for, for our company, but also, as you said, for the UK market in general, I think, which is the, the, the upper Danube. Um, and the lower Danube really is a bit of a hidden secret um, and certainly very different, um, but it's certainly becoming increasingly popular. Uh, for example, I think it was four years ago, we only had three departures a year, we've now got 11. Um, and it, it's something I think a lot of people once they've done the, the upper Danube and realise how beautiful it is, they start turning their attention to the lower Danube. And it is very different to the, to the upper Danube. Um, it obviously covers the Balkan Peninsula and then down onto the the, 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 uh, the delta, which is the biggest delta in Europe, and we'll touch on that at the at the end of this little tour. Um, but I think the the showcase of culture, religion, architecture, and nature all in the Lower Danube, which is very different to the Upper Danube in terms of not only the the countries you're going through, but you're you're obviously going through um, areas influenced by the Romans, the Ottomans, the Slavs, um, and the sort of nature and, and architecture that you'll see is just strikingly different. Um, this cruise does start in Budapest, uh, as Jamie said, I think he's covered Budapest wonderfully. Um, I would just say, from a personal point of view, I had uh, part of my honeymoon there many, many years ago, and so it's got a very important place in my heart, and it is just a stunning city. Um, but without going everything that over Jamie said, it just gives you a good start to, to what is a wonderful cruise. Um, I would say on this cruise as well, there is also a lot more cruising, and there is a larger distance to cover on the Lower Danube. 
Um, so um, there's a good plenty of time to relax and enjoy the ship's facilities uh, as well as seeing the sites. But let's take you through some of the places you're going to see. Um, so the first place you should, uh, will see is uh, Ostjek in Croatia. Um, this is in the eastern part of Croatia. Uh, and like many of these places, um, this is the first gateway, I suppose, where you'll start to see a slight change in the architecture. Um, the city was founded in the 7th century by the Romans, um, but very quickly uh, taken over by the Slavs. So you'll see there are some really ancient buildings from those parts, but where it really starts to play in is the Ottoman influence uh, in the city. Um, and then as we progress through time, you'll then start to see some of the influence of the, uh, of the Hungarians come in. So there's a real mismatch in Ostchek, even though it now sits in the, uh, in the country of Croatia. Um, there is a very famous cathedral there called St. Peter St. Paul, um, which is part of the, uh, of the tour. Uh, and part of that cathedral is in the from the 10th century. So um, that's something that, that people start off with visiting. But the majority of the visit is focused on the old town. You can see from the photograph there. Uh, which again, like many old towns, and that's a famous word we all like to use, um, old towns, um, the cafe culture, uh, the architecture, and it's a great start to the cruise uh, on your first day. Um, it was mentioned earlier, um, I, the, the second stop is one of the, the capitals that you'll visit, um, and similar to the Upper Danube, um, this is a, a tour that will visit uh, capital cities. Um, and the first is Belgrade uh, in Serbia. Um, this, the city itself was founded 7,000 years ago, um, and again, Roman influence to start with, and it's known as the White City, um, from the sheer amount of marble that you'll see in the city. Um, and um, I suppose the other important part for Belgrade is not only is it the, uh, the, the industrial, the capital um, centre and the driver of, of Serbia, uh, it's also in, in, in maritime terms, it's the confluence of where the Danube and the Sava rivers meet. Um, and similar to uh, areas, for example, uh, on the Rhine where the Danube and the Moselle meet, um, it's quite spectacular where the two rivers come together. Um, you will see, obviously, as with many parts of the lower Danube, uh, Soviet influence. Um, obviously, Belgrade and Yugoslavia was part of Yugoslavia, very heavily under Soviet influence. So there's a real mixture of ancient and modern, um, and it's quite a clash of, of cultures, but it's quite uh, uh, interesting to see just how they've, they've come together. Um, one thing to say um, on both first two stops, similar, Jamie's already mentioned it, but we're the same. You can do these tours either by coach or by bike uh, if you're feeling interested. Both cities are very open and easy to cycle around, so we do offer those, um, those tours, and I'm sure other people do as well. I talked about cruising. The next stop is a cruise, um, as opposed to getting off. It's the Iron Gates. Um, this is the quite spectacular gorge that um, joins Serbia and Romania. Um, and he's famous, as you can see there, for the rock carvings. Um, but it's just a spectacular piece of, uh, of cruising, very narrow, very steep gorge sides. Um, and you have the whole day cruising, uh, which is in river, term, river cruise terms in Europe quite rare. Um, so you're literally on the ship all day uh, and part of the night as you sail down between the two. So plenty of time to relax on board. Uh, as Monique mentioned earlier, the weather is normally pretty good. Um, so a great way of uh, you know, seeing the sights sipping on one of your all-inclusive drinks or, or reading a book uh, or chatting to fellow cruisers. So a great way to relax in between um, the areas that we're, that we're heading to. Okay, next we come to um, Roos. And one thing I like about the Low Danube is uh, the places like Roos, you, you know, nobody gets up in the morning and says, I think I'll head to Roos today um, in Bulgaria. But it is actually a fascinating place to go. Um, it's the largest port in Bulgaria. Um, but, and so there is um, uh, plenty of uh, industrial activity to view with, with the cranes and everything else, and, and part of a bus tour will take part of the tourist. Um, but it also has, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, plenty of churches and monasteries. 
one of which is called Rock Monastery, uh, which is one of the still only functioning monasteries um, in the, uh, the Lower Danube. Um, and uh, part of any tour will take you to the Rock Monastery, uh, where you may uh, see some of uh, the, uh, the monks um, doing their daily chores uh, and daily work. But Roos is also famous um, for its wine and pastry. There's a uh, very, very close to the wine growing area and also the local pastries um, are, are, are to die for. So we'll make sure that uh, in the second half of a tour that you uh, are taken to a, a really good local cafe and enjoy those, um, uh, those areas. After Roos, we'll head down to the second capital uh, that you'll visit. So if you did, the, as said, as Jamie mentioned earlier, if you do the cruise of the whole Danube, you'll visit at least five capital cities. Um, and the next capital city is Bucharest uh, in Romania. Um, uh, it's, it was founded by, uh, uh, by a shepherd called Bucar and it means joy. Uh, Bucharest means joy. Um, if you went there, you might not agree necessarily. It's architecturally stunning. You can see there the Palace of Parliament, which was from uh, Ceausescu. Um, obviously, unfortunately, Bucharest under his uh, dictatorial rule has um, some troubling past um, and some of the buildings are quite quite garish, but it's interesting to see, um, again, the, the mix of uh, Soviet um, and, uh, and, and, and more ancient history in the city, although Soviet does dominate here. Um, but Bucharest is also a city of huge boulevards, um, plenty of forests and trees, um, and there's also what they call the Eco-Museum, which can be visited. Uh, which is a uh, historical village that's been retained in the middle of the city um, and where you can see how the city used to be um, and none surprisingly there's lots of churches as well so a tour around Bucharest which does tend to be by coach rather than bike the city's too big um, will open up all of those uh, those issues for you heading towards the end of our cruise now and um, the next stop is Constana in Romania um, again uh, an ancient city um, uh, founded 6,000 years ago um, and um, really famous for its uh, um, um, cathedral um, its, and, and its mosque. There is a, it's one of the few operating mosques in that area um, that you can see. Um, but there's also has an area nearby called, Mof Mo Mo I've got to pronounce this right, Moflatla, um, which is famous for its wine. So you'll spend some time in Constana, then take a coach out to uh, the, 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 the Moflatla area uh, and partake of Romanian wine, which um, now you can see more and more UK, um, uh, more and more UK supermarkets. So Romanian wine is, is a growing reputation, so it's certainly worth a, a, a sample. The last stop on this um, uh, cruise um, is probably the one that most people are looking forward to the most. Uh, this is the Danube Delta. It's the largest delta in Europe, um, and you will cover this by boat. Um, so one, obviously, with weather permitting, but as in the vast majority of cases, the weather is fine. Um, but it's got um, it's a UNESCO heritage site, and it has over 300 different uh, biospheres available. Um, so you'll get a good sample of those. And just to give you an example, within the delta itself, there's 1,200 plant species, 300 bird species, uh, 45 different kinds of fish. Uh, it's famous for its pelicans. Um, there are quite large flocks of white pelicans uh, that you'll see. Um, and so a whole day will be spent uh, touring. Um, there are some stops for lunch. But the Danube Delta is a real highlight for many people. Um, of this because it's one of those places that a little bit so far out the way but the the the, the nature down there is absolutely stunning um, and then we'll then head back to Tolstoy for the gateway and as mentioned most people will then fly home from Bucharest so it's an open-ended cruise uh, you can do the cruise both ways um, and fly to Bucharest and, and, re and reverse back to Budapest and that is a tour of the Lower Danube
Well done, John. That's, a, that's an amazing snapshot. Um, it's an area I've never been to, but it looks like one of those places that is slightly more relaxing maybe than some of the other European rivers. Is that true? I know you hinted at that slightly. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, as I said, there is more cruising time, um, hence the longer durations. As I said earlier, um, depending on how much cruising time they put in and a few other stops I haven't mentioned, it said it's anywhere between eight nights and ten nights as a rule. Um, and yeah, so there is plenty of time to relax on board, take part in, in wellness and yoga and, and other things that are, that are offered. And as I said, there are some stops that can be done by bike. So there is activity to be done. Sure. And you mentioned, I think you, you said you've got 11 departures down to the lower venue. Are they, do they tend to be in high summer or are they shoulder season or when are they, or are they spread out throughout? They spread out, although um, because of the, we, we, we have seven ships on the Danube, but so we, we, we have capacity to do this, but they tend to be high season um, and one or two maybe in, in, in low season. And as you know, low season is July and August uh, because of the heat. But the majority are in May, June, September and October. Okay. And uh, popular now with the British as a, as a destination? Very much. Um, the, it's not the only reason we expanded. As you know, we're, we're very much international clientele, but um, the demand from everybody, I think, uh, I think I mentioned at the beginning, but certainly the feedback we've had from our British customers is that they did the Upper Danube, loved it so much, then they, they turned their attention because they wanted to come back and do the Danube. Um, and it's, it's an easy thing to do. And uh, you can combine the two. Um, you can change ships in Budapest and join another. So you can do Lower and Upper together if you wish. Good stuff. And just a reminder to, to people watching, please do pass your questions or thoughts or feedback into the question box and we will ask Adele to pop up shortly to kind of give us some of those questions if we have some. I know, again, I've, I've learned a lot about the Lower Danube today, it's an area I didn't know very much about. But um, Jamie, Monique, is, is the Lower Danube on your list of itineraries on offer? Should we start with you, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. And, and similarly to, to um, what John has said, it's become more and more popular. So certainly we've increased um, our capacity on the on the on the lower Danube kind of year over year for the last few years. Um, we've actually extended our sailing season for, for next year as well. So we're cruising the, the lower Danube from March um, every month all the way through to December. Uh, and, and it has been incredibly popular. It can be combined. So, you know, for, for instance, you can cruise um, from and all the way down to, to Jeju uh, for 14 days on, on, on the same vessel. And, and those combination cruises and back-to-back -back cruises are becoming increasingly popular as well, uh, as is the uh, land extension, which takes in um, a Dracula's Castle as well. So that kind of Transylvania area is, is really interesting for people. Sounds good. Monique, is it the same for you? Yeah, that is the same for Univolt. We go with uh, two ships. Uh, we increase the departures there uh, as well. Uh, you can combine it also with the Rhine going from Amsterdam to Budapest, Budapest, Giorgio, Bucharest. Uh, you can Budapest, uh, Juju. Um, what I think is also very, uh, beside what John and Jamie say, that is uh, the, the same uh, impressions of this area, but it is also off the beaten track in my uh, experience. It is not that well known. So it is, uh, you you really open and, and quite a new world uh, to uh, guest and a guest experience. Uh, tours are very educational, also focused on sustainability and and eye-opener, I think there are quite some hidden gems uh, in this area as well. And it's uh, yeah, and, and, and beautiful itinerary. Absolutely. It looked beautiful. 
Um, so thank you. Well done, John, for taking us through that in, in 10 minutes. Again, we, we could have spent a lot more time talking about both the upper and the lower Danube. Um, everyone has said how popular the, the Danube is as a river um, overall for British guests. So what is it? What What is it that drives them to book Danube? And is it is it the ideal first cruise to the Danube? Uh, John, why don't I start with you? So is that where people should start? Yeah, certainly the, 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 the Danube or the Rhine do tend to be first time choices. Um, my opinion and is, is quite simply uh, the capital cities drive the Danube. Um, as Jamie mentioned, the, the beauty of the Wacker Valley and, and I think it's, it's absolutely stunning and quite rightly, but it's probably not the first thing they look for. It's the I'm going to see Budapest, Vienna and Bratislava, uh, but then the rest comes as a, as a wonderful surprise. Um, and then having done the Danube and many people do the Rhine first, then the Danube. Um, they then think, right, well, where else can I go to see some cities? And hence the low Danube comes into play. Yeah, Jamie, any sales advice for those looking to increase their sales to the Danube? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we've all got training modules. We've got our Amar Academy. We've actually got a, a, a resource there dedicated solely to the Danube because it is such a, a popular river. So we want to make sure that people are very well placed to, to in order to, to promote and also convert inquiries. Um, I would also say get on get on a ship on the Danube, sample it for yourself. I think that's really, really important because it's those personal anecdotes that, that um, guests really buy into. It's going to help with promotion and it's going to help with the sales process. So, you know, that that would be that would be my tip. Um, that would be my tip. Absolutely. Good stuff. Thank you. All right. Uh, Adele, I think we may well have had some questions or feedback in. We have had some questions and thank you, the three of you, for the fantastic explanation of the really beautiful river. And, and I personally do like um, some of the destinations that you went through, definitely Budapest. And I've also been uh, lucky enough to have been to Belgrade as well a long time ago. But uh, yeah, it's a lovely place to visit. Uh, we've had some great feedback, uh, great presentations, wonderful old towns and architecture looks amazing. Um, we have got uh, a, a comment from Kirsty. Lovely to see that Jamie's passion hasn't diminished after losing the battle at Selling Cruise Day. Go River, is what Kirsty says. So thank you for that, Kirsty. Thanks, Kirsty. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Ian has said, well done. All our questions have already been answered. Look forward to Riverview next year, which I think we'll chat about in a little bit. Um, we, we have had one question, and we did discuss this a little bit. Um, earlier on the call and I think it is rather the elephant in the room so uh, we will just quickly just cover it uh, for the rest of 2021 our operators looking to keep cruising on the Danube after the recent news from Austria and Bavaria and I think Jamie you had something to say about that earlier yeah I mean I think it varies from a cruise line to cruise line everyone's obviously assessing the information that, that came through at the tail end of last week for so you know it's a temporary lockdown so I think generally people are reviewing sailing by sailing and, and that will dictate what happens for the rest of the season. So, you know, my, my question, my, my, my response to people that have questions is, is speak to your speak to your cruise line because everyone is going to be operating slightly differently, whether they are um, um, wrapping up the season or whether they're going to continue to cruise all the way through. Um, certainly we'll be continuing to operate a couple of our ships all the way through onto, onto the Danube. Um, as a minimum, when we're reviewing the situation. So, yeah, just I just speak to your uh, speak to your cruise one. Fantastic, and thanks to James and Martin uh, for asking that question. Um, we've had another question from Dipti, and um, is the age range of visitors to the Upper Danube different to that from the Lower Danube? I'll cover that one if you like. Um, 
Not seen any evidence of that. Um, as I said, a lot of people who've cruised the upper Danube then moved to the lower Danube. So um, whilst river cruising is undoubtedly becoming a, a younger market, um, it does still attract in the vast majority, say 50 plus. Um, but there's no evidence that the lower Danube is a, is a younger market than the upper Danube, in, in, our, in our opinion. I don't know if Jamie's got, got any different uh, view on that, but um, it's just attracting people who want to go and see different cultures and different cities, uh, regardless of age. Fantastic. Um, we've also got a comment from Trevor. Thank you all for the webinar. Looking forward to 2022 and beyond for bookings. And Dipti also thanks John for his information there. Uh, we have had a question. This is to, to all three people actually. He said, do you have a favourite city on the Danube that you visited? I'll start with Monique. Oh, favourite city. I think uh, my favourite city would be uh, Vienna. Um, because of uh, the, the the variety of uh, so many opportunities you have to do there, because you can also, and we didn't, uh, John, uh, John and also Jamie hit upon that a little bit, but also you can wonderfully bike there as well. Um, and there are nice bike parts as well, but yeah, the, 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 the different, the scenic part of the city, the, the local, uh, uh, flavors, the, the different art museums, the music composers, I, I would say Vienna, and it is such um, an, 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 uh, in architecture as well, such a beautiful city, so I would say uh, Vienna. Fabulous. John, did you have a favorite at all? Um, well, my favorite place on the, on the Danube Bazaar is not a city, and I actually, I actually thought Melk Abbey was, was Stunning. Um, I didn't really know much about it before I got there, and it is just the, one of the most, uh, not only with its location right on the edge of the uh, of the river high up, um, but just the the, the sheer uh, scale and um, elegance of the of the of the, of the abbey. So, uh, not a city. In terms of cities, I, I said earlier, I had my um, honeymoon in Budapest, so I suppose I'll have to say Budapest uh, because of that. <laughs> is she listening, John? Yeah, she <laughs> <might>. <laughs> oh, and Jamie, did you have a favourite at all? Um, from certainly from a city perspective, um, not because uh, John had his honeymoon there, but just because it's, it's stunning. Um, Budapest, I think the you know the, the Danube carves right through the heart of the of the city, and and it's I would say it's a city best seen from the river. Funnily enough, um, it, it's just beautiful. For me, a highlight um, is the Wakar Valley, uh, the wine tasting, the scenery. Um, it's just beautiful. So I, I'll, I'll give you a city and and another highlight. <laughs> Even though you didn't ask for it. It, it, uh, it makes sense that Budapest is generally the favourite city, and that's because, uh, as we all know, in March 2022, so coming up very soon actually, uh, March 2022, we do have our 10th anniversary River Cruise Conference in Budapest, the opportunity to see nine ships and to spend a couple of days exploring Budapest as well. Uh, as well as conference sessions and networking and trade fair and uh, two overnights on board uh, river ships as well. So if you'd like more details of our river event in March 2022, just head to cruising.org. Thank you very much indeed for listening to the latest Clear River View podcast. We hope that if nothing else, we have been able to excite you about some of the opportunities and experiences that the Danube has to offer to your customers and certainly in my case, it's added yet another destination uh, to my bucket list. What an amazing place the Danube sounds. We should also thank our expert panel. So big thanks to John, to Monique and Jamie for bringing the Danube to life. 
We will be back with another River next time on our podcast. But in the meantime, if you want to listen back to any of our previous episodes, you can do that via the clear website at cruising.org, where you'll also find a whole bunch of further information, resources and training all about River Cruise. But we will be back next time with another exploration of another River Cruise destination. Until then, stay safe and we'll see you again soon.